super does this thing of trying to take all of those elements that are fantastical and then completely clipping its wings and putting it into essentially like Rain Wilson's deranged mind. You may fire when ready. What exactly is it that they do? Kick names. And here we go. Take ass. Welcome to the podcast that gives you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. How are you all feeling? Happy spring break. I am glad everybody's back. The air horns are back. Everything is back. Yeah, we're uh, all back. Turn the turn this shit up to eleven because we're here and we're we're back together again. Um, it's true. It's a pleasure to be with y'all. The weather is beautiful, um, and we we have some we have some exciting things to get into this week. But we need to welcome someone. Back from his yes. tour of the yes, North do. American continent, back from his stint with the Toretto family, <laughs> our one Marcus J. Destin. Marcus, how you feeling? I know you like that. <laughs> listen, I know you I'm like in a motherfucking building, okay? And listen, I got a bone that goddamn pick with Dougie and Rouse. Y'all want to have fun while I'm Sir. gone, huh? Huh? That motherfucker want to have fun. We while had a I'm lot of fun. Gangbangers in the street. Y'all talking about fucking <laughs> serious. I was with Bloods, Crips, and Vikings <laughs> doing goddamn heel flips and wheelies and kicks and shit. Do y'all hear me? Where my fucking air horn at? Okay. <laughs> I'm risking my goddamn life. Do you know I almost died for this shit? Huh? Do you know I almost died for this shit? I'm out here pubbing the podcast. I met Rashina Nash. Shout That's out to fire. Rashina Nash. Shout out to fucking Alex. Her sister Alex, real cool, dope-ass guy who's going to listen to the podcast. Listen, it was a whole lot of shit going on. And y'all talking about some fast and furious. Well, fast furious. my favorite is how Brian put it. Brian was like, he's out there drinking Coronas and learning about family. I mean, were you? Were you? I love Coronas. <laughs> That's the fucked up part, Brian. That's what you got me fucked up at. I love Coronas and fast cars. My granddad <laughs> raced his cars. I was with a, a race car driver for yes. the trip with Z crazy ass. And yes. they were doing all these looking fucking cold, 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 turning Hondas and shit. <laughs> and yes, I love Coronas. That was incredible. Okay. That's fine. It sounds okay. like it was. It sounds like you lived on the edge for like yeah. a whole 24 <laughs> hours. I would love to tell you about my trip. Listen, everybody, I went to L.A. I've never, my black ass has never gone to L.A. And this trip was like the black version of Yes Man. I don't know if anybody has ever seen that movie. <laughs> okay. Also, <laughs> okay. Okay. I have, I have another movie that you have to wait till the end of the podcast that I'm going to challenge us to watch. Okay. So okay. we're going to play whatever movie is coming out, unless it's like a big movie. Obviously, we'll have to squeeze it in and check the schedule. I don't think but, so. Um, I'm going to plug a movie that I want us to watch that I randomly thought of on this trip that I doubt you two gentlemen have seen. So I really okay. um, plug that later. So stay tuned for the end of the podcast. So okay. we went to L.A. We did a road trip from Vermilion, South Dakota to L.A. Okay. We nice. went to Vegas, Utah, um, Nebraska, obviously. We went to Colorado, all of that sure. good stuff. 
Um, when we went through Utah, I stayed my black ass in the car because, you know, <laughs> my black instinct says stay your black ass in the car. So I did that. Utah. That's you no, know you what? You gotta trust your instincts. You know what? Trust your yeah. gut. Don't yeah. no 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 shots to Utah, but trust your gut. Yeah. We pulled up and I, we pulled up to a gas station and, you know, one of us had to pee. So they hopped out and I looked to my right and there was a painting company. It was like, I seen the painting stuff and his painting, his painting company was called America first LLC. And I said, hmm, <laughs> that can't be good. Not for me. <laughs> that's, that's a concern. That's a red flag. Yeah. Choices that's were made. This, uh, do you only serve in red, white and blue or like, how does that I, work? Those are other questions I have. <laughs> you know what? You know what his slug his you know what his slogan is? These colors don't run. That's <laughs> it's the same one. It's the same one on every pickup truck. That's good. That's good. That's great. Listen, y'all did very proud of that joke. Oh. Y'all did not. That was such a dead joke. If I'd ever oh. heard one, but I'm proud of that one. Oh, I'm I proud of, of that dad joke. That was yeah. very funny. So we went hiking in the Red Rock Canyon. Nice. Oh, nice. That's really cool. That was my first time camping. We did like a full camping experience. No bathroom. You did. No, nothing. Just the beach and sand and tents and stuff. And so my black I, ass was like, why am I out here? There are moments <laughs> where I saw pictures from your trip where I was go, where I went, huh? Not a choice I would make, but, but good for him. <laughs> I think that was my mom and my grandma kept calling me to say, Marcus, you're really out there living life, huh? Like, I'm so concerned. Like, oh, shit. Like, oh, you sure you want to do that? Like, I don't know. So we went out there and uh, we went to the, the thing with the cars and stuff. If you're not familiar, you can go to my socials or at the basement boys or at Marcus J. Destin and find the real. All the stuff with the cars that we're talking about is called really LA cool. Sundays. Um, okay. And it's an actual thing where they block off the they're organized where they block off any intersection and they just start doing, you know, these tricks and shit with their cars, like in the middle of L.A. They don't oh, give a fuck shit. about the police. when the police come, they take off and go to a different location. But these are like gangbangers and, you know, like the people in the streets and people who like to do cars and shit like that. All of them are. OK. And we were hanging with them like we were riding with them. And they invited us to join them, and they were like, "They're media, they're with us." So we were in there with them until about. That's really cool. What? I went to do a photo shoot with Rashina Nash, who is absolutely fucking incredible. Got some insight on some stuff she's got coming up, and I am so that's awesome. Very very excited for that. So um, this whole trip was amazing. Then we went and got back from LA, and I went to Waco, Texas, where our dream team fucking ballers of a team uh, at USD made the sweet 16 and beat the shit out of Baylor at Baylor's yeah. house. It's a big wow. deal. It's a big deal. I mean, they, they were a 10 seed beating a two seed in the I was going to say they were not even in the top five seed. That's they incredible. Not. Yeah, yeah, it was over. Cool. Clayton also beat Iowa. That's also a big deal. Huge. They, were, they, beat a, they beat a 10 and a two. So wow. it's been a wild weekend, but yeah, that's just a little bit of what I got into. Man. But gentlemen, how are you all doing? Enough about me. Well, yeah. See, I, I, mean, I mean, I'm living vicariously through your stories. It's so, very I mean, true. I am also doing Brian, the same thing. I saw <laughs> your baby boy. You posted pictures of your baby boy, Brian, right? <laughs> I he did. has a head full of hair. She I was not so much hair. to have that much hair. Yeah, he, I, I had the same yes. reaction. <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, my youngest, Aiden, when he was born, they were like, "Oh," and like the doctors were like, "Oh," and he just immediately had so much hair. And even now, it's like I like I'm like he's kind of got a mullet going, and my wife gives me like the look. This is an audio podcast, but you know the exact you know, look I'm talking you know, about. Like the, 
uh it's yep. not a mullet it's just long um but like it's almost reaching his eyes now so anyway That's incredible yeah we were yeah we his uh yeah he had his four month he is four months old yeah. uh this week so shout that was our shout out shout out to my son aiden i mean we weren't uh racing motorcycles or you know doing photo shoots or flying to waco texas but that that's, was a big deal. That was a big deal. Brian, that's a big deal for you, like for the dad side of this podcast, because <laughs> usually dad's listening. That, that like that like right turn around the three month is when things start to look just an ounce better. You're, like, you're yeah, there's just a little bit more sleep. Yep. You feel you're like, OK, now, OK, I can. This is a space I can handle now yep. instead of exactly. like the first three months, which is what year is it still? Oh, like, my gosh. I, have no idea. I mean, yeah, like you're a quarter of the way through it and you're like, OK, I think I can do this. Uh, I also also before I ask you how you're doing, Doug, I just want to say, Marcus, that sounds amazing. I'm so happy you went on that trip. Yes. And like that, those I did stuff like that when I was in my undergrad and that stuff oh, shaped yeah. me. And I, I remember it so fondly. So I'm yeah. so happy you got a trip like that. That yeah. is awesome. So those, yeah, those, those LA, those LA is, is movie central. Oh like, yes. Oh sure. You know, like you're here. And I was, I wasn't going to talk about this now, but like no, when you're, you're here, you don't see big posters or billboards for movies anymore. Mm -hmm. They that still in LA. Like they oh, had sure. Batman on the side of a big ass building. They had cars that are literally trailers, like driving. They're not not, sure. not like trailers. They're like TVs, right? That are trailers for oh, like uh, Moon Knight. It was like a Marvel truck, That's, and it's oh yeah, and it's driving around in there. It's like that is why LA is, is LA, and their experience has to be completely different from everybody else. And I kind of see why. If you make movies and live in Hollywood and all that other shit, why movies are so important to you? Because you're surrounded by 24-7. Yeah, that's a good point. That's good insight to have, too. Yeah, it's, that's it's, really interesting. Yeah. Huh. I'd like yeah. to see that at some point, I think. Yeah, we should. Like, I, we just should was, I want to see that. Yeah. Um, also, to piggyback off to Brian's comment, Please. those trips in college are very, very important. I ended up with a pierced eyebrow as the result of one of those trips. So you came back with all your appendages and with nothing added to your body. So you're fine. That's the <laughs> story for a tattoo in Vegas. So, okay. It, it was close. Well, was well, you know what? You did better than I did. So, yeah. <laughs> so there yeah. you go. I smoked, I smoked some weed on a beach. That was pretty fun. You know what? I mean, How are you, though? <laughs> That sounds that's nice. A, that's that sounds nice. Doug, tell us about you. Are you relaxed? Yes. Um, I am very relaxed. Things are doing well on our end. Um, we just kind of kept on, kept on. Uh, it's been beautiful here these past two yes. days. It yes. was 78 degrees yesterday, so we took the kids outside. We played outside a lot. Um, and then the same thing on Saturday. It was like 67 degrees, so we went down and explored a state park and got out and enjoyed some nature. So it has been a great trip all around uh for this past weekend plus uh we found out we're gonna take a trip to wichita to watch the next round of the basketball game which is gonna do that. Uh, so yeah so things are good things are in a good place plus um shout out to stephanie williams i read the last installment of the nubia series and then oh, yes. the amazon stuff that shit is fire like if you're not reading that like read that now it is absolutely amazing also shout out to her I and mean, she there's a continuation or a sequel series i can't remember the exact terminology but she's gonna continue writing that character yes. so we love that for her yeah. i can't wait to read more yeah graphic novels coming out too or something like that or i feel like there's yeah 
Thought the graphic it. novel version or the collected editions coming out in September for Nubia That's that really that run, cool. and I'm very excited to grab that. Yeah, it's really it's really really dope. But gentlemen, we have some catch that quotable to get into. What it's from our Patty family. They submitted yes. a quote, um, and so I would love to read that for you all. Um, I, for I, just quick first glance, no idea what this is from. Sweet, um, which is even better for everybody. It makes it excellent. excellent. Yes. It makes it so much better. So, gentlemen, look at this stone. It's been lying in the water for a very long time, but the water has not penetrated it. Look, perfectly dry. I'm going to read it one more time because I don't like that word penetrated. Neither do I, but I'm going to read it again. <laughs> penetrated in water and perfectly dry don't go together. Hey, mm. None of those things add up to form mm. an equation that anybody's comfortable with. Mm. Um, look at this stone. It has been lying in the water for a very long time, but the water has not penetrated it. Look. No, no wait, wait, wait. Doug tried to slow down the penetration. Yeah, he did. He did. That's that's on it's fine. We're gonna power through because we're professionals. It's, it's the only time power. I've been able to slow that down. Um wow. what? Sorry. What? That, was, that was that was gross. For one day, and this motherfucker <laughs> that was gross. I regretted it once I said it. It just felt like I had to say something. Okay, we're gonna leave that there. Gentlemen, right. any place that you would like to put that <laughs> anywhere that you'd like to put that quote, anywhere, any guesses on that quote? Here's my thing. I feel like uh, it's a piece of something larger. Okay. Um, larger dialogue. I do have an idea. Okay. Wild idea. Okay. I don't know why I have the idea. Okay. Idea. All right. It, right. It feels adventure movie sci-fi to me. It, okay, I see how you get there. Uh, it's not real tech that exists. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the right answer, but I feel like I have the right vibe. If that makes yeah. any sense. I know I don't get. I don't get points for that, but that's where I'm at. No, no. But I. Okay. I, I, I feel like it's very. I feel like it's very metaphory. Like this is a metaphor for something else. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So I feel like it's a point that's trying to be made. Like, oh, look very at this stone. It sits in this turbulent place, and yet it's <sighs> it's still dry on the inside. So, but yeah, I don't I, know. I guess. Okay. I, I think that that's right, though. Um, Marcus, I'm going to go with, for some reason, Little Mermaid. And I don't okay. know why. Okay. All right. Like, Fair maybe, guess. Maybe like an analogy from her father about you need to be steady like this stone and oh sure okay i don't know i see how you get there what do you think what do you think uh, brian I don't, I, I don't know sahara starring matthew mcconaughey i don't know a movie Not with so very little movie. water in it and look i i, I I'm, I'm just I, I don't know this movie so i'm just i'm gonna throw one out there okay um i'm gonna go with the movie invincible the story about the eagles Bruce quarterback Wood. Yeah, because oh, it feels like that's unbreakable. Right. Un, yes, yeah, invincible. Just because I feel like it's a sports metaphor, so uh, that's why I'm gonna okay. go. Okay, what is this movie? Um, gentlemen, I don't know if we're allowed to be movie reviewers anymore. This is from The Godfather Part Three. <laughs> oh, that is the one I haven't seen. Um, I haven't seen any of The Godfather. Yeah. 
so so this comes from Cardinal Lamberto, and the full quote is, look at this stone. It's been lying in the water for a very long time, but the water has not penetrated it. Look, perfectly dry. The same thing has happened to men in Europe. For centuries, they've been surrounded by Christianity, but Christ has not penetrated. Christ does not live with them. So there's that. Okay. That penetration. The, the Godfather that, 3 like is word. the one that people have like told me like just stay away from it. Don't even yeah. don't e- don't even engage with it and I was like, oh. And that's and that's the one that like won all the awards but they more or less were like no 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 like this is for the whole thing. Like Right. It, it's it's not just Yeah, it's acknowledged. Yeah, it, imagine yeah, if we did like, this. It's like Leo's like, Oscar. All right. your kids are great but your third child is not our favorite. Right. It's just a rep. It's like giving an award to a family. Like, yeah, yeah he's there, but you just did all with all of them. Great job. Like, Top Leo notch. didn't win for the Revenant. Okay. He, like, I just, I refuse to believe that. He, he won for a whole bunch of other stuff. They just gave him the Oscar for the Revenant. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, if you'd like to come on to talk about it. How, yeah. Tell us how he won the award and then told us, hey, y'all, you know, protect the earth. And I was like, what the fuck, Captain Planet? And then, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's what he's been doing that's the whole time. Very, very true. It's a great point. Um, well, thank you to Chris Schultons for submitting your quote. Appreciate you looking thank out. You. Um, love it when we can get those from our Patty family. And if you too would like to sw- submit a quote for, to be read on uh, uh, the pod, join yes. the Patty family by going to patreon.com slash films and black and white. Um <laughs> Speaking uh, of our Patty family, no we idea. watched like a it. movie. And we did. The, the movie we watched, well, here's the thing. Well, mm-hmm. really quickly, Brian and I watched the movie. <laughs> Marcus Roush, the fucking news. We watched the movie. So Brian, so Mark X, Marcus actually is going to guide us through this discussion. So I'm very excited to take off, if you will, my figurative hosting hat and pass it, if you're signing up for the Patreon, to the gentleman to my right and have him take this over. So I'm going to give us a, just a quick what we watched and how it was selected. Um, and then I'm going to turn it over to Marcus to kind of lead the show. So the movie we watched was super. Um, the other choices for this month's Patty family picks was um, uh, Battlefield Earth, Egyptian gods and something else. There's an Egyptian god ones <sighs> in there. Oh and gosh. then um, I can't remember the other one, but. This was the one that was the hot, the one that everybody said we should watch. And I'm really excited to talk about some things in here. I have some choice questions, <laughs> not some not some messaging questions, but some choice questions. Mm-hmm. So, Marcus, yes. take it away. All right, everybody. Welcome to Films in Black and White. <laughs> All right. Listen, this week, the gentleman watched the movie Super, it's directed by James Gunn, written by James packed. Gunn, and produced by Ted Hope starring Rain Wilson or Ryan Wilson. I'm not really sure which one it is. The two ends in there. It's Rain. Yeah. It's Rain, Rain Wilson. It's got to be yep. Rain. Rain Wilson, Elliot Page, Liv Tyler, Kevin Bacon, Nathan Fillion, Greg Henry, Michael Rooker, Andre Roro, Sean Gunn, who is always in a um, yes. everything. <laughs> he's in everything that uh, James Gunn does. So, um, and just for you know, quick facts for the box office: Super made about forty six thousand five hundred and forty nine dollars on the opening weekend, with eleven theaters averaging four thousand. 232 per theater okay um as yeah. of 
2007, it made over 1.5 million on DVD and Blu-ray sales. Got a couple of awards, a Fantasia Film Award, um, and some other shit. A Zeitgeist, two films that perfectly captured the Zeitgeist. I don't know the fuck that is. Anyway, uh, welcome to Super Bitches. So, what I'm going <laughs> to do is I'm going to have either Douglas. Actually, let's split it up. Doug, I want you to cover the first half of the movie with a barbershop synopsis. And then, love Brian, it. I want you to cover the back end of the movie. <laughs> I would love to. All right. Brian, so, Brian you've been gifted it. something here. I really have. <laughs> I won't, I won't drop movie. this ball. Okay. So what had happened was you <laughs> have this. So you have this, like, short order cook who is, like, you think that he's, like, he... He likes to draw, but that's not what the movie's about. And he's married to uh, Steven Tyler's kid, Liv Tyler. And she's gone through something. You're not exactly sure what, but she's obviously gone through some stuff. And within the first 10 minutes of this, she gone. Like, she's out. She just left. Um, Kevin Bacon shows up, eats some eggs. And then after that, this man's wife disappears. Um, so... Uh, so this the short order cook whose name is Frank has to figure out where she went and who she went with um, and so he starts like digging around and banging on people's cars and trying to figure out where his wife is and then suddenly he's flipping uh, channels watching a little bit of tentacle porn a little bit of like sitcom and then also <laughs> nope yeah I heard it right watching a little bit of tentacle porn some sitcoms and then also some weird bible um like superhero show show which i kind of want to see more of just to watch it like there's a part of me that wants to oh see more gosh. of it um, so awful. and that inspires this man to become a superhero um and so it kind of the first half of this movie is him becoming a superhero and all the things that go into it um where he just fucks up people with a pipe wrench brian second half <laughs> All right, I got a lot of ground to cover. So <laughs> you really do. This all this movie is all back end. So spoilers. Uh, just gonna get that out of the way oh, right away. Uh, here we go. So Rain Wilson takes on the persona of the Crimson Bolt, and he is uh, essentially using his uh, vigilanteism to correct these wrongs, no matter how small and whatever the wrong is. It's a wrench to the face. Did you butt in line? Wrench to the face. Did you deal drugs? Wrench to the face. And you get to see the pattern. Anyway, the the, the back half of this plot revolves around Bolty, or Elliot Page's character, mm -hmm. and uh, becoming the sidekick to the Crimson Bolt. And we'll get into some stuff that happens there, but they start <laughs> teaming up. They uh, happens there. Spoiler they're, they're not quite sure if they avenge someone's key, like someone's car getting key. They just beat the crap out of somebody. They're not really <laughs> sure if it's the person responsible. Mm -hmm. And then it gets to a point where Rain Wilson is like, you know what? There's no time like the present. I'm going to go rescue my wife from Kevin Bacon's drug estate. And, uh, Basically, uh, the finale is essentially Rain Wilson uh, killing, like, like the Crimson Bolt killing all of these people uh, that are trying to do this uh, drug transaction. I don't know. There's money involved. It's not really clear. Uh, and yep. he is, uh, through a series of explosive and violent events, able to rescue Liv Tyler. And the film ends with them living together for a short time, but then... Liv Tyler's character departs after two months and that's it. And yep. we, we end the movie 
with uh, with the crimson bolt looking at all of the good memories so far in his life, and most of them are him being the crimson bolt. Yes, that is a that's a good summary, Brian. You this, did the Lord's work there because that this movie, look, like I said, is all back end. This is the first forty five minutes is what I covered. The last forty five is all of what you covered. <laughs> I have a couple questions. Yes. You said tentacle porn. Yes. Okay, yes. I just wanted to confirm it. I mean, right? All cable packages, it it goes sports, tentacle okay. stuff, and then Christ Christ Channel. <laughs> That's, and sometimes that's how this guy flips Christ channels. Playing sports with tentacle stuff, but yeah. maybe and on I what don't know. premium and station that you have as well. I don't know what cable package that is. And and here's the thing: it's not like it's kind of random. Like, and again, this is what I talk about: choices, like not about message. Like, why that? You could have him watch anything. Like, it didn't matter. It, it it it's not like he seemed like oh he was um like intrigued by it or he was like really getting into it. He literally like clicked it. And was like, uh, like, and changed it. Like he just, it was just like him. It was essentially a scene of him flipping channels. But then it comes back later in spoiler alert um, <laughs> when he starts to feel called by the Lord to be the Crimson Bolt. Yep. Tentacles come out of the window, literally yep. open his brain, so like the Lord can touch his brain. So it's not. I don't understand. I don't understand it. So it's like that's there to set up this moment later, and it is. Really, really, really bizarre. Okay, a couple other questions here for every though for everybody watching for on the Patreon. This is the Crimson Bolt. Okay, yes. I'm just googling pictures now. I don't know oh, shit this about this. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's just a giant red jumpsuit with some yeah. hockey pads. It looks like mm -hmm. and a, a red wrench. That's it. Yes. That's all this is. Perfect description. And then I have another question. You said Bible character. Yes. Thing. Yes. yes. This is a real thing. Now, I grew up on a character when I was heavily involved in a church. I want to introduce you all to. And I wanted oh. to know if this is the character that was in the movie. Okay. This find is out. Bible man. Wow. Ooh. They really made a Bible man. Yes. Um, he a lightsaber if you're interested in that, but we can get into that. In I mean, that's oh, a good weapon. There's not yeah. enough hours in the day to get into that, I think. Um, Marcus, yes. the answer is Yes, like it's kind of like that. I don't, do, Brian. Do you remember the name of that character? Wait, the the Holy Avenger. Yes, the Holy Avenger. And what's really funny is, so Elliot Page works at a comic book store, and the whole like premise is like, in order to learn what it's like to be a, be a vigilante, Rain Wilson walks in and says like, I need all of your Holy Avenger comics. Yep. And she and and sorry, he excuse me. Um, Elliot Page says. Like, uh, did you say the Avengers? He was like, no, the Holy Avenger. And so like, and then he comes in later and he's like, I need all the comic books that talk about people without superpowers. And so she's like, okay, we're going to talk. And she just gives him recommendations on like research for lack of a better word. He mm -hmm. gives them, sorry, okay. struggling. This is interesting. Is this? That's oh, yep. Ooh, right there. Yes. Yep. And it's played yeah. by so Nathan for, for our listeners, Nathan yeah. Fillion is in a buffed up uh spandex suit. He's got two giant mm -hmm. would look like oven gloves with the uh with the with with the with the crucifix on them. Mm -hmm. And then yep. his entire chest is a crucifix with a belt buckle that yep. is also a crucifix. And he with... looks kind of like a luchador, but like that's that's kind of the vibe that is being given up. And here. also he has the best wig I've ever seen. Yeah, oh, it's, it's magnanimous. It's like I said, for those for those listening, I'm piecing this together with you. Okay, so I'm just providing the imagery experience. I appreciate it. All right, I appreciate okay. it. Let's get into the first part, gentlemen. 
what did we like about this movie? And what are some things that we, you know, positively took away from it? I'll start. I feel the thing that I enjoyed the most about this movie is I don't think you're going to, I think you're going to be hard pressed in 2010, which is when this came out to have a more original story. Yeah. Like this is, Okay. This is from the mind of James Gunn because he he wrote it and he directed it. And it is full of all the things that now that we've watched like Guardians of the Galaxy and and, Gar- and, and all of those and even the Suicide Squad, we are now able to say we like. So the musical montages, this is where he practiced them and got really good at them. Okay. Assembling a great assembling a good cast. This is where he really learned how to do that because this group of people is awesome. Like they do a great job. So it's a phenomenal cast. Yeah. This, this, the movie is very original with a really, really great ensemble cast that mm-hmm. kind of puts the movie on its back and all of its weirdness. And yes. they commit like a hundred percent to this movie. So that is the first thing that I, that really jumps out that I really enjoyed. Yes. I, I also want to get out, get out of the way here as a whole. I really like this movie. Uh, I think it's actually a great, I I think overall it's a pretty good message. Uh, There are some dialogue choices and some slurs I don't like, which actually prevent me from recommending this movie, but uh, like on a wide scale, but I'll get to that later. But I think the message uh, is, is really good. Okay. Uh, And I think it really shines through with the cast that, that we were already talking about. I think, I think Rain Wilson plays this kind of everyday nobody just super mm-hmm. well. And Elliot Page, uh, whether unintentionally or unintentionally, plays this like there's a trope called the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. For those of you that are really like knee deep in like movie and TV tropes, you know exactly who this is. For some of our newer folks, or maybe you just don't know what this is. Basically, yeah. it's the idea that there is a character Typically, it's a woman, and they are just like, you got to go live your life. You got to go do the most wild thing. Is this a half-baked idea? You should do it because go out there and live life. And they're just super peppy, over the top, always pushing the main character to go do the next thing. And I don't know if this was intentional or not by James Gunn, but it it works, and there's consequences to it, which I really enjoy. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, and, and Kevin and Bacon's her. a great villain. So I, I just the casting is 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 incredible. Uh, that I was gonna say that. And again, the message of just if we're putting out all this superhero media, it's not like this. This I hit my mic. I'm so excited. It, 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 <laughs> we're putting out so much superhero media that this is a movie that takes a really grim and realistic approach. So what if somebody really thought they were called by a higher power to be a superhero? Oh yeah. What would that look like? And it turns out it's pretty deranged. And I, I think that's pretty, pretty great in its messaging. And I, the thing I also appreciate about that messaging, Brian, is I appreciate the fact that like, and they even like, they don't shy away from even addressing it because when the crimson bolt and bolty are like on assignment for the very first time and they're doing what he does, which is they he just hides behind a trash can and they're hiding crime behind shows dumpsters. Up. She yeah. goes, This is really boring. And he goes, like, this is what fighting crime is. Yes. Like it's it's sort of that like addressing the fact of like this isn't sexy. This is a deranged commitment 
to something that isn't even really a hundred percent of a thing. I mean, you're so, kind like, of stalking people a little bit. I mean, basically, yeah, yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yep, a hundred percent. Okay. Second question. Okay. What was give me a scene that shook you or really grabbed you and like really caught you in and was like, oh fuck, I'm really watching this, or hey, this could be kind of good or whatever. Oh Doug, I know. Yeah, just say it, Brian. It's the same same scene for both of us. Let's just get it out of the way. I know they were talking in the chat, and obviously I don't know what's going on. This is Brian mentioned something and Brian says something like I know exactly where you are. Okay, so so here's what I'm gonna say. Here's what I'm gonna say. I am going to offer the content warning for what we're about to chat about because for me, this is the scene that fucked my life up. Like when I watched this. So content warning. Some of the some of the things that happen in this movie are triggering to those who may be victims of sexual assault. Let's just put it that way. Um, And it is pretty simultaneously heavy and simultaneously ridiculous, like all at the same time. Like it's very real. But man, that deranged pixie comment, Brian. Oof, that is a great way to put this. So take it away, Brian. <laughs> yes. So there is a sequence in which uh, Bolty, Elliot Page's character, again, uh, essentially uh, sexually assaults Frank, played by Rain Wilson, uh, as he's trying to sleep. And it comes from this place of, hey, we're both superheroes, and why not? Meanwhile, the main plot of this movie is Frank is trying to rescue his, his wife. wife back. Yeah. So there's that layer. There's the second layer that Elliot Page's character is barely, I, I think they say 22, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Rain Wilson is coming off middle-aged, I feel like older than Doug and I. So there's, oh, oh there's an age dynamic there. Third, so much so so that a colleague of his in the diner says, like, what is this woman? Is she she here for a study group? Frank, like, makes fun of the fact that at the time, Elliot Page looked very, very, very young. So this is. Yeah, this is eerie and kind of odd. Well, and then it gets to a point where it's it's so incredibly uncomfortable as it should be. 100%. And you're not really sure if if Rain Wilson's character is into it or not. At one point he says no. And you're like, OK, well, that should be like the clear cutoff. But, uh, you know, Libby, Elliot Page's character, <laughs> keeps essentially engaging in this activity. Yep. And it, things get really just very murky, very fast. Yes. And then afterwards frank played by rain wilson is just like that was awful and he goes and gets vomits. sick in the back yeah, he goes and vomits yeah yeah and, and that's oh, what spurs yeah. him into action into the finale which is just it's messed up it's it's well, it's wild i and just it's a lot to process what happens to them like so because i don't oh, obviously yeah. I, I don't know the movie right what happens to bolty and mm, so 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 this is the part of this that is like i want to I'll give me a minute. I'm going to answer that, but just give me one minute. So here's what I'm going to say. The Brian, to your point of like the deranged piece of this is that like a comment rain Wilson makes at the beginning of the movie is that he always felt that certain people in his life were 
like evil. So yes. he talks about like bullies at school who were teasing him. He would say like, Oh, I always had a feeling that Johnny was had like a, an evil tinge to him. Yep. And then it's like a, like basically a cart, a cartoonized version of basically Frank seeing the devil in this kid. Like, so oh, he's got like yeah. the devil's yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. And That's then right. to kind of provide some context, like, Oh, how did, how did Elliot, how did Bolte sexually assaulting uh, Frank, spur him into this is that he goes and he gets sick in the bathroom and then for some fucking reason he sees his wife's image oh, yeah. in the vomit in the toilet <laughs> that's right. and that's when he's like oh i gotta go like and he, he jumps up so that's some of the like context that you're if you're having a hard time piecing those dots together it's yeah. because yes in fact it is that insane um okay. Okay. to answer your question she dies yeah oh and fuck. not just and and not just like a like oh man she got shot and you don't see it she gets shot Frank yep. kind of like army crawls over to her pulls her body over here and this entire half of her face is just missing yep. so you know, James Gunn really loves doing shit like that yes like, another yeah. scene that's similar to that I believe in the Suicide Squad oh a hundred percent yeah if you're at all curious hmm. man. Where yeah. did James Gunn get this violent edge to him after watching the beginning oh. of the Suicide Squad? I you mean. go and march your happy ass back and you oh, watch this. He's he's always had it. I mean, so he yeah. seems to have a net. He seems to have a niche for characters like this. I mean, you look at Peacemaker and you wonder mm -hmm. how yes. somebody be so goddamn driven into this character that doesn't oh, exist. No, that's interesting. And it's like then you look at this and say, oh, all he did was just take the wild shit from this unknown character and add it to an, another unknown comic book character. Like those same characteristics is what it sounds like. Is that safe to say or no? I would say that he used this as practice for landing a big role like Peacemaker. Like this was ah. practice to maybe provide some and explore some of that like, like the, the ground trauma. Yeah, yeah. Some of the trauma and grounding nature of Peacemaker. Not fully. I mean, this does. It's not like, but I'd say that if you're wondering like, oh, man, where did some of this, where did he get good at it? It's yeah. this is a great place to start. I, I feel like that's a good way to put it. I, I do feel like this is where he really like hits his stride, because I just want to point out th this guy was known for Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo Yes this all happened and so what it feels like to me is that he did those two big studio movies they made a ton of money and he was like i have this small mm -hmm. project called super and i would yeah. like to make it and i feel like part of it is he was so involved with these really family set piece oriented mm -hmm. projects that he finally kind of just let he got he got he got a chance to get loose here a little yeah. bit and really excel with this rated R content and he just mm -hmm. it's all over this story and oh, it's, yeah, it's all over it. I I think I keep hitting my mic. I don't know what's wrong with me, but the point is that I feel like he understands how to have this extreme violence make a point. And when I was talking about consequences, about one of the reasons why I like this film is that. Uh, again, Elliot Page's character, Libby, who is the, the alias Bolty, that character is at the at the finale is just screaming at people, by the way. They, oh, yeah. they are uh, throwing bombs, screaming like, I got you, like, come get some. Like all of these typical superhero things of when people mm -hmm. are wisecracking. 
instead it's like i want you to picture like an indiana like type farmscape there's one house they're in a field you keep throwing this picture up <laughs> of the character and i don't just see it makes me and it's just so deranged looking to see this person in like a yeah. electric yellow suit tossing yeah. bombs at people and just having the time of their life With and of Wolverine course yeah of course they're gonna get hit and shot at because they're tossing bombs like, right because this, this is the point in time where it turns a corner right and that that scene in the apartment is not just like a oh we need to go and get my wife up until this point they had made the decision that you know crimson bolt was no longer going to be sort of i don't want to say non-violent but non-lethal <laughs> yeah. um and yeah. they go to a gun store they're building pipe bombs oh, yeah. i mean she fashions two claws to her each of her That's hands right. like x22 style wolverine yes. and it's like i'm gonna get him and so like and essentially goes after people like that so uh, yeah brian like that's that's a great way to put that and then you know sort of the juxtaposition after she dies is like when he's shooting people it's almost as if like batman hitting them like a blam shows up and a squish like yes. in some of that like comic like serialized like lettering comes yes. up and it's pretty incredible but also really eerie the way that it's working that way I feel like it's a it's just such a good message in the mm -hmm. sense of like, hey, you wanted to be a superhero? Okay, here you go. You look like a deranged person walking up to this house, shooting people, and here's kapow and blammo. And it's like, this is unsettling, and I don't this is supposed to like right, we associate all those mm -hmm. Batman things with like, oh, he oh, we got him in the face and they won the day. But no, like if someone is directly inspired mm -hmm. by this stuff and is taking it to the next logical measure. There is a person with a shotgun shooting people going blammo. And you're like, oh, right. this hits different. This this is very uncomfortable. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. Okay, keep going. No, keep going. Keep going. I was gonna say, like, I just I I really appreciate that point, Brian. Like, that's just such a good point about the overall movie and like sort of the messaging behind it. But you're right. I think I wonder if I wonder timing. Like, that's the kind of question that I have, right? Like, this movie came out in 2010. It was okay. well before some other, like, the Avengers came out. It's sort of before some of these other, like, big, like, Marvel hero movies have come out. Or at least they really started to get their stride. I wonder, I don't think this movie does well now. For for really? several for For several reasons. Um, I oh. think that, I think that the language particularly um they use some gay slurs um well, kevin that, yes Ke Ke kevin bacon says the n-word like yeah that just, was not like, good just, at all that's what that's why that? i said yeah that's why i said marcus in our in our chat today and i was like kevin bacon's oh, blacklisted like, <laughs> no, um, it was totally unneeded why? too why? yeah and some of it is just unneeded in general like i would say none of it is needed now i Okay, I'm going to separate myself from myself and sort mm -hmm. of play devil's advocate just for a moment. If you're trying to convey the way people talked at the time, okay, right. I'll meet you halfway. I understand where you're going with it. But okay. also at the same time, I don't think that audiences now would respond well maybe to that. I, I not if there's not any consequences with it. If you're right. just saying that and then there is nothing to it's um, 
I literally well, just watched this thing on TikTok. It was called Gail Valdez Gun. Like if you introduce a concept, mm. that gun has che- to check go off. Gun, yes. Chekhov's gun, thank you. Check yeah, no gun. You introduce a concept, eventually that gun has to go off. So if oh, you sure. say N-word, what is the punishment or consequence or purpose of him I mean, saying that line? Yeah. I mean, to the movie, to, for the for the facts of the movie, Kevin Bacon is then brutally murdered. Yes, mm. and these other I don't know if that makes it better. Yeah, right. no, yeah, no. But like, because when you watch Django, um, Leonardo, I mean, uh, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. says it right, and he's giving this whole speech and this and this right. spiel. But there's a purpose. I mean, look at the time of the movie. Look, right. it's a right. piece. But also yeah. look at the vibe of the room. And then what happens immediately after is the whole room gets shaken up because of that. That seemed to have triggered, you know what I mean? Like a lot of things that followed. Yeah. So what was the purpose, I guess, would be my question. And I would I say agree. even some some of the people who use the like the 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 like the slur the, too. The, the, slur gay, too. The, the, the the homosexual slurs, like yeah, the, those, yeah. they're seemingly just tossed in his dialogue. They're not they're not yes. there's no consequences for them later. I was trying to think, Brian, if they were villains or not, and they got shot in the uh, house. No, I don't think so. Elliot Page. Elliot Page uses one of the slurs, which, which is like breaks my brain a little bit. And I know bra- this was made in 2010. And I, I just want to interject. I think that I, I agree with you, Doug. If you're trying to really communicate a time period and mm-hmm. you feel like these are the words that people use, yes, that's a thing. And I respect it. Yep, and I understand that. I don't feel like that's the story that is being told. And so I don't feel like what, and when you're writing, you can't have, you can't have a lot of like, it has to be efficient. Sure. So in my opinion, there were better things to be used in that space to make the movie more, to to give it more of an identity. I think that's one of the other, and I, I, this is one of the things I don't like about the movie is that I think that you could even distinguish it further by further concentrating it on Frank, but Rain Wilson's character of just mm-hmm. how out of touch he is and using insults that don't even need to be slurs, but more focus on the fact that like you're detached. Are you here? Like, obviously mm-hmm. I'm not in the writer's room coming up with stuff, Yeah, but it feels like that would have better served the narrative rather than just throwing in a gay slur just to, yeah. I don't know, like be like, yeah, that's how we talk again. This was, yeah. written in 2009 it's it's now 10 years later i just feel like i know when i've the last thing i'll say here is when i've been in the writing process i know people have pushed me when i've been like hey can you look at this and it's like how can i how can you make this more you how yeah. can you make this stand mm. out from just regular cookie cutter stuff to make it your own and i guess if i was given that feedback with this material i've been like okay i need to find insults and slurs that make rain wilson just this weirdo loner creepo and yeah. get to that fact rather than using these generic slurs that don't yeah. further the plot at all no yeah i, I think it's a great you, point yes i love all of these i want to give you uh five comedies from 2010 and five popular movies from t- 2010 just oh, to kind of no. a little base around right no, this so is amazing i love this. this is going to be you had date night you had the switch okay you had cop out and get them to the Greek as 2010 comedies. Uh, and it came to popular game. movies in 2010. And this is just a Google search. Um, you had Inside Job. You had uh, Unthinkable. You had You Again. I don't think I've ever seen any of these. You had Leap Year. 
and Remember Me with Robert Pattinson, who is now Batman. And then when it comes to adventure movies, you had Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, Clash of the Titans, Narnia, uh, Voyage of the Dawn Treasure. treasure. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Oh, so, God, 2010 was a terrible year for movies. I didn't even list all of them. But there is some sketchy shit in 2010 that they were oh really shocked. Do you, do you think Jake Gyllenhaal could make Prince of Persia today yeah. pretending no. to be somebody with Middle East heritage? No. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, also, also, just for context, The Office with Rain Wilson as Dwight Schrute has been on for five years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Because it came out in 2005. So, I had, so now I have two questions now that you mentioned that. So here's the thing. With Rain Wilson being part of the office, and we know his role as Dwight Schrute, yes. and we all know that everybody, and Brian mentioned it earlier, with James Gunn trying to step out of that family role, it is what I call the Disney experience. When li- okay. Disney kids were locked in these contracts and they couldn't do anything oh. and they had to get purity yeah. rings and all the shit, <laughs> and the brothers come out or they leave that that um, Disney property, Nickelodeon property, kids, yep. whatever, they go on this kind of spiral where they <laughs> turn, they do a complete 180. They want to be bad. They want to do the shit that they couldn't do under the Disney experience, right? Do you think that Rain Wilson was trying to, took, took this script to set himself apart? And do you yes. think James Gunn regrets this script looking back on it now with everything that he's done with Peacemaker and every the messages that he put in Peacemaker and Suicide Squad? I think I, I, the answer to your second question, I think, is no. And I think, and I only say that because I think this clearly feels like a i love this project i love the story that i wrote i'm excited that it came out this feels like a kind of to your point marcus like that you brought up like you finally you're using that scooby-doo money to do something you want to do and that's what it feels like that's what it feels like top to bottom so i don't think that he necessarily regrets it i think i think it almost it gets into that conversation of like how do we hold people accountable for something that happened 12 years ago do we say like oh man, like we, we need to have a conversation about that or you need to answer for that now. Like there's a whole discussion there of like. Cancel them or give them grace. Right. Like, which one is it? Right. And I would say, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, no, I don't no, know. No, I, I don't think I'm. I think yeah. that's the, that's like the general yeah. question now is do you cancel this part? Like when right. he had the Disney accident, when he had those tweets that went out that mm-hmm. were appropriate and then Disney immediately dropped him. Yes. And yes. I was just about to bring this up. And DC was like, Okay, we got them. Don't you worry? Like a couple weeks later or a year later or whatever. WB no, was like, don't worry. Real- this is the least of the issues. Exactly. And then Disney came back and said, hey, it's all good again. You can now come back and do volume three. You just had to shut up for a little bit. Yes. Yep. So I just think that that that's putting that all together, tying that in there. Yeah, for sure. Well, no, that's great context. And I think that, too, like the things that, you know, essentially the, the reason that Disney basically that that he got into that situation was some stuff surfaced from tweets like 10 years prior and and when i was talking about scooby-doo that's when he was writing he did slither which is considered like his breakout hit in 2006 Mm -hmm. which was a horror movie and i I think that there was some stuff from that say that again is that the one where she crosses her no 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 that's uh some no. about I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I know there's some bugs in it, and it's Slither horror. is the movie about like worms. Yeah, <laughs> like it's the worm horror movie. Yep. But yeah, Sounds I mean, essentially, like he he did a public apology 
And I mean, he, I, you know, I, I'm not going to read it all here, but I do feel like the growth can happen. Mm-hmm. I always support that. Sure. And I always want to make sure though, that, you know, I, I hope that grace is extended to other people in a similar situation. For and sure. sometimes when people aren't a white man, they aren't given those opportunities. So I would be remiss if I didn't say that. So I do think it applies to this. If you were to ask him about it today, of like, hey, how do you feel about this now? He'd probably have some different answers uh, is my guess. And it is one of the reasons why like I it's a hard time. I have a hard time being like, Oh, you should watch this. Like, no, I enjoy it, but I'm not going to go around being like, yes, I, I, let me clarify that. I enjoy it for the message, not necessarily for those dialogue choices that I already talked about that I did not like. And, you know, it's not, it's definitely not going to be something that I recommend to people just like, yeah, super exists. It does. It does this message really well of what if someone actually tried to become a vigilante turns out they become a deranged serial killer and you don't know if they're good or not. Right. Uh, I would probably sum it up rather than direct people to watch it at this point. Yeah. Is there... think... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No. Sorry. What I was going to say is like, I think Brian, to that point, I think one of the things I struggle with, with this movie. And I think, I think it's intentioned. This struggle is I'm right. not sure if this is supposed to be funny or not. That was my I... next question. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a fair point. And I think that that is the point. But there's yes. a part of me that feels like I'm laughing at someone's mental illness. Like mm-hmm. I'm supposed well, to be feel I'm supposed to like feel sorry for them, but I'm also he does things that are so out there and weird that it, there's there's this weird space where I had a hard time where moments that I felt like were funny, I had a hard time chuckling at them, but also and I'm not saying I I didn't enjoy yeah. it, like I I enjoyed it, but this was this was my experience where I was like is this supposed to be funny? Is this supposed to be serious? I mean, it's certainly interesting. Like it's an interesting watch and it's kind of an interesting like experience overall, but I couldn't figure out whether or not it was supposed to be funny or not. If that makes I sense. have a response to that, but I want to know what Marcus has to say. To be fair. I had the same question about peacemaker. Yes. That's fair. I fair think point. That even with the suicide squad, there are a lot of serious undertones with seven different characters and then you look at peacemaker and his dad is an absolute racist yes. white supremacist at the, Ooh, yeah. the most important the the for the fort the forward like the biggest problem is like his dad is a fucking racist right yeah and so that is the problem but you have these jokes and then you have these jokes about his sexuality and then you have these jokes mm-hmm. about is a uh, toxic masculinity. And then you have all of these underlying jokes, the main problem. And James Gunn seems to have a way, even in Scooby-Doo, if I'm looking back of what the, the other writing was, of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like he, the way that he writes seems to be even guardians of the galaxy is there's a lot of comedy on the top, but there was a lot of trauma on the bottom. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. as you're explaining this movie to me, I was going to literally ask, is this a comedy or is it a drama? Cause yeah. I don't know from the way that it's being explained. And I mean, y'all's point. It's not y'all. I just don't know. I'd call well, it a dark comedy if I had I, to call it anything. I it's agree. a dark comedy. I, I, I do feel like it is. That is probably what I would bill it to. I think that the tone shifts. I, I know. So I read some reviews after I finished it because I was like, how was yeah. this received? Because yeah. I've watched this. I watched it back in yeah. 2011. Had not come back to it until recently until for the for the pod. 
And uh, one of the things people were like, well, the, the tone is all over the place. And I'm like, well, that's the point. To me, that's the point. I think it is supposed to be both this comedy and this this kind of tragedy in a way where yeah. you're taking this simple idea, right, of really encouraging this person who really feels called to be a superhero from God. Like that is mm-hmm. that is a literal thing that happens in this movie and the consequences of yeah. of that and i do feel that the comedy in it is like this is really silly if people want to go fight crime they look really silly there's an entire sequence where rain wilson is in his underwear in his car where everybody can see him trying to get into his superhero suit because he got but burned then in the, the movie theater line yeah scene is him bashing somebody's head in with a red wrench saying don't butt in line and at that point you're just like Oh my gosh, this is horrifying because he hits a right. man and then a woman and you see all of yes. it. And and the and I think that it really speaks to this thing of like right, I think the immediate comparison is Batman, right? And we talked about Batman 2 weeks ago and we love that mm-hmm. movie. I still love that movie. But the idea of someone actually applying those ideals into the world that we have today of just like, no matter what you do, I'm going to punch your face in or I'm going to hit your face with a wrench. It is the same punishment for all transgressions. It's always this escalation of force. That's horrifying. And And then the holier than now, the holier than now sense of self he gets with Elliot Page's character later when when Bolte says, well, we got to go take care of this guy who keyed my car. Yes. He draws a line at, oh, when it's for for when it's for when it's for Bolty, that's right. unacceptable. Like you can't go get somebody just because they're keyed their car. But he does the exact same thing in the line earlier. Like, so I think there's some interesting points there. And I think it just goes to speak to the like the level of like someone's going to if they're a village of Lanties, they're not going to apply justice evenly like everybody Clearly. is. And yes. the other thing and the other thing is, is that like the comparison for black comedies is and I, I draw this comparison to say Fargo, for example, like made back in the 90s. Fargo okay. is there are very clearly like funny moments of this, but this is some like deep and heavy shit yeah. that happens in the movie. And I would say there are moments where something deep and heavy is happening and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be laughing or not. Now, that's a that's a fantastic position to put your audience in yes right to make them question these moments like you like in the movie theater line where he smokes some poor couple in the face just because they cut in line (laughs) um there's moments like that so i think if that's the purpose of his storytelling then it's it worked but it's for me it was hard because of what i know about rain wilson this movie started and i said where is this in relation to the office and sounds well it's he's in the middle of it prior to this yeah. rain wilson debuted in the office in 2005 in 2008 he was in a pure comedy called the rocker and in 2009 he hosted snl huh. like he is a comedian like right. he is doing movies that have a comedic tone and then this shows up and it's like okay so you're kind of dwight ish in your <laughs> level of like kind of like seriousness and rules and things and right and wrong but also there's this whole other it's like what if dwight woke up one morning and said like nope today's the day i actually become batman like and that's (laughs) that's this whole movie and it's kind of it's out there like it's very very much out there and it's 
not for everybody. There are going to be people who watch the first 30 minutes of this and go, nope, no, no, thanks. I, I, I think something that really connected with me was, and I'm not, how far do I want to make this connection go? Make it. I, I think it. one of the things that James Gunn had no idea when he made this movie was there is this sense of just like, I am the last moral person and I am the mm -hmm. only one that can solve these problems, which sounds like some political figures that we oh, yeah. are not big fans of today. Of just, I have all the answers. I can fix everything if I just have the power. Right. And right. I'm on a mission from a higher authority. And yeah. so I think there's a case here to be made for, I feel like this is a, kind of this description of a person who like sees this world changing around them. They don't have a lot of positive things in their life. They feel like something is being called to them that gives them purpose, right? They, right. they have this purpose. Now they can go about their life wherever they're receiving this message, but they have a purpose now and they're, they're buying things and they have a hobby and they're building things and they're getting to a point of, oh, I need to have a code. If I'm going to do these things, yeah. I need to have a rule set. And it, it takes on this like this sense of just like the isolation and what people do when they're when they don't have a really good support system and they're maybe manipulated by other people yeah. uh, or other organizations or different types of groups uh, because I feel like the the holy Avenger stuff oh, yeah. is basically 100%. all this stand in. Basically, it's this anytime he tunes into a Holy Avenger episode, it's like this tiny, tiny, tiny bit of spark that he feels he needs to keep doing what he's doing, essentially of like, oh, get, I have to yeah. I have to keep doing the right thing because this is a message from a higher authority. And, and no, it's 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 just a TV program. That's it. Like, that's it. You are the one that actually really wants to do this stuff. And th that you are the reason that all of these people are getting hurt and escalating all of these things like hitting somebody in the head with a wrench when they only butt in line, that type of stuff. The other point, Brian, that's really great and really well highlighted by that point of like, it's like the, it's like the whole point is like, you can find a message in anywhere you look because oh, there's, there's even a too, moment, yeah. there's even a moment where he's praying like shortly after, um, I think it's after the movie theater scene He's yeah. praying and he goes like, if you want me to be done with this, give me some <laughs> type of sign, any type of sign. And then he opens his eyes. He's like, could you make something float? And then he makes up his mind. He's going to go be done with it because that didn't happen. It's you can find a message in whatever right. and wherever you look. So I think that's there are some weird moral statements on that end, too. OK, I'm going to read something to you from Vulture. Let's do Please. it. Rain Wilson on Super and The Office Without Steve Carell. It's a Vulture article. Love it. And he is, they are asking him questions. There are two questions that I want to read the response to. Uh, were you hoping, um, do you think that, that, do you think that will be obscured by the fact that it, oh, well, sorry. Do you think that will be obscured by the fact that it will really looks like a superhero movie full of superhero catchphrases and close up of Ellen Page's body in a tight superhero costume is the question. Rain Wilson says, I think it will. It's a big issue. I think the film works on many levels, though. It's a great action movie. It's a great fucked up comedy, but it also runs much deeper. The second question. Were you well, were you hoping it would transcend the cheesiness and overdoneness of the superhero film genre? You can read the full <laughs> quote. But this is what his response is. 
He says, absolutely. But superhero movies are just a lot of explosions and costumes and catchphrases in an air-conditioned theater. They don't dig into that stuff. That's why, and catch this, The Dark Knight was so successful because it brought out the underbelly of the hero story. So few even try. I describe Super as a fucked up raw version of Watchmen. A lot of people are going to hate this movie, but I like that. Gentlemen, what is your response? First off, Watchmen is fucked up in and of itself if you're reading it. Like, like if you're reading the original graphic novel, it's pretty messed up, man. Like it doesn't saw the movie first. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe rain's giving it a little too much credit, like for whatever work he thinks is being done in the issues that it's uncovering them. All it's doing is uncovering them. It's not dealing with them. It's not like rain wakes up and he goes and gets treatment. Once he rescues his wife, it's not like he right. Like recognizes like, Oh, that was deranged. I should go get treatment. He literally sits back and goes, I did a good job. I'll play devil's advocate. This is 2010. What we have now do that. They They have had a spread of superhero movies that cover a spread of topics and learn the lesson from each other of, Hey, if we do this, we got to do that. Okay. Super was in 2010 when you had maybe Kick-Ass and Watchmen are the comparisons and the Dark Knight. Kick-Ass came out at the same time. Yep. I, I, I And I want to add here that I do I do understand the Watchmen comparison. Yeah. I, I think the nuance that needs to be added, though, is that the Watchmen, that, that story, that graphic novel, imagined like, hey, what if these superheroes were real, but like we looked at it in a comic book, right? Mm, and you got yeah. kind of these, some of these grounded realities. There were still people that could fly. There was still a Dr. Manhattan. There was, you know, you you still had these kind of fantastical mm-hmm. elements. Whereas <laughs> Super looks at, hey, what if superheroes were real in the actual like world that you live in right <laughs> the now? actual world that lives, yeah. Not just the comic book world. Yeah. And... I, so I see that comparison and I agree with it. And I feel like that, Fair. that nuance is, is, is good. And I feel like he does hit on something with the dark Knight of just, I mean, I, just being able to dive into some of the more consequential things of the superhero oh, genre. Sure. I also think it's kind of funny though, that they're like, it's saturated. And here we are sitting 10 years later with, 22 24 marvel movies and more shows and movies in yeah. development and i think that I, I i guess for me i guess one of the so i agree with the quote like at like on the whole i i, I do agree with the quote and i do i think what it also needs to be said is that you can enjoy both like you can enjoy oh, yeah, sure. your popcorn superhero flick and but knowing like nah that's that's not real but this is enjoyable and i feel like super kind of dives into this thing of like what if people didn't realize like it's not real for a good reason like it's right. this doesn't happen for a good reason like most of us understand that yeah rain wilson's character does not right yeah um, i think that's a, that's I'm a fair point i'm not a fan of okay i'm not gonna say that that's very heavy um i am not particularly favorable of movies that overground superheroes. I want to say that here on the podcast. Sure. Yes. Okay. I, I agree. Because I feel like nobody ever tried to ground Star Wars. 
No. I don't know. I'm not going to try to make it make sense. But nobody ever made an attempt to make Star What if Star Wars was more grounded? Oh, my like, gosh. Yeah. And I feel isn't, like isn't that just yes. Star Trek? I say that in jest. I say kind that of. I say that in jest. Just a smidge. <laughs> I say it in jest. A little bit though. I, I think that that's right. As a Star Trek fan, I, I feel like yes, that's correct. That Star Trek did feel like it yeah. maybe came and was like, I don't know. That, I'm not gonna go into that. No, but all good. I feel like I don't know if I'm if I'm a fan of always trying to super ground a superhero. Because there's kind of a certain point where there are reasons why I love this character. Yes, you can bring realism to the characters, which I yeah. think Marvel has done a great job of doing. Mm-hmm. But also, mm-hmm. I get tired of watching why being a superhero is bad. And I want to oh, see some sure. shit in a movie yes. where I get more than an hour of a good team clicking together and then having something that divides them apart that needs to bring them back together. That's the whole fucking plot of the Avengers. Yes. Uh, uh, I forgot yeah. the one. Um, with uh, they introduced Wanda and her brother. Um, oh, oh, Age of Ultron, yeah. Thank you. So I get tired of these movie tropes. Now, the Batman is a different story. I feel like, I mm-hmm. hope that they don't add any superheroes to this new, the Batman movie. I don't yeah. want to see a Superman in this world. I don't want to see anything. I want to see them build a Bat family in this world. <laughs> right. Don't do anything else. But I, I, I kind of don't, I get tired of these movies because yes, The Dark Knight was great, but it did not give me what full Batman is. And it, it gave me, we just want to make it realistic. That's not why I'm going to a movie. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, but I also get, you got to have both sides and yes, you can enjoy both. And I do enjoy both, but right. I just kind of want to say that. I think, well, I oh, think it needs, I think it needs to fit. I think the problem is, is that for too long and only recently, this has felt like it's been the case is that superheroes are becoming grounded. Like they're becoming grounded now. And I think for a long time, there was a misapplication of their grounding. There was a like, we're going to ground all of them, like regardless, like everybody's got a chip on their shoulder. Everybody's got a motivation or nobody has a motivation and they're just fun and we're watching shit explode and that's fine. And I think there is nuance to the characters that you watch where some of them are going to be more grounded than others. Having just spent 200 pages with Moon Knight, I would find it very (laughs) difficult to not ground Mark Spector and his disassociative identity disorder when you cover that. Like, I would find that very difficult to not at least have address it a little bit. Is there um, a responsibility for, and I'm interrupting on purpose, is there mm-hmm. a responsibility because the movie era, this movie timeline is is oversaturated, right, with superhero mm-hmm. movies, is there a responsibility to ground superhero characters to make them more relatable so that they are still appealing? Because four characters mm-hmm. like Daredevil, Moon Knight, Punisher, Blade, those were your street characters. Those were yeah. what I, they run yeah. the street. But then you had back then, it used to be your Avengers were the ones that were sky high, couldn't do no wrong. And there weren't really a lot of grounded elements. Yep. Right. And like the ground team, the street team were the ones that suffered the consequences of the bigger team or didn't get the same love. And Spider-Man kind of fell in between the two, if that's my immediate like thought, just my past comic knowledge. So I don't know. I think one of the things here, too, is that Batman Begins 
I could do a whole video essay on this. Batman <laughs> Begins started this weird, I shouldn't say weird. It just started this trend of the grounded superhero. And one yes. of the reasons that it got such high praise and such good word of mouth was that people were like, it feels grounded. It makes sense why Bruce Wayne is the way he is. And that right. movie does a very good job of telling the story of how Bruce Wayne learns martial arts. How yeah. Bruce Wayne becomes Batman. He's Over he's using his cover yeah. as you know the CEO to buy all this equipment and repurposing military hardware and getting it to a point where he he wants to save his city yeah. X Y Z. And it shows that in I, I'm not going to say painful detail, but more detail than you would expect. And people. I feel like that's one of the things people loved about Batman Begins. It was fun for me. Yeah, that was not the reason I enjoyed the movie, no. but it was like this is new. I didn't even but, like that movie. Well, the thing is, is people. I feel like that's what studios took from that, and the you can see the direct impact on that on mm -hmm. Iron Man because yeah. Iron yeah. Man, while fantastical and all this stuff. The beginning half of that movie is just Robert Downey Jr. like actually putting stuff together in this like makeshift Iron Man suit, thinking that it can all work if we just had an arc reactor. So it's a step away, but it's still being inspired by this idea that it, it all has to work. If we had an arc reactor, you could all fit this stuff in and it would all work. And now I'm going to make a new suit and I'm going to show you how I do that, even if it isn't fully realistic. <laughs> you hit it right on the head, Brian, because yeah it started off in that grounded he built this and he built this in a cave right and exactly. so he it started there but by the time you get to avengers infinity war and this right. is my grounding when you get to the avengers avengers infinity, mm -hmm. infinity war they do this slow build where he has nanotech and basically it just comes on together like right and no, yeah. it doesn't matter that's an eye Right. No. So what is the I think I've gotten into a different conversation. I'd love to start another podcast. Oh, no, but... I can connect this. I, I, oh, I feel I've, confident yeah. I can connect this. I, yeah. I think I, one of the things so that that trend starts and you see that you, you see Dark Knight, you see Incredible Hulk mm -hmm. by this time that it comes out. I think we've had Thor by this point and Captain America is coming up and I think. What, and by the way, we've had all the X-Men and the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies before that, which we're not. I'm not going to say they didn't really worry too much about being grounded. Oh, uh, and so you, out of, what did he call it? The, the organic web shooters. <laughs> and so Super does this thing of trying to take all of those elements that are fantastical and then completely clipping its wings and putting it into essentially like Rain Wilson's deranged mind to show you, okay, these are all the move, these are all the superhero movies we've had. This is what's going to happen if someone takes this to heart in our world at that point. And then I think what's funny is you then have all these movies come out afterwards. Captain America: The First Avenger is a World War II thriller mm -hmm. with a like. Yeah. Now the finale gets pretty fantastical. There's a you know a magical box, whatever you want to say. Uh, but up until that point, Marvel was trying to play it pretty safe. And then I feel like 2012 and on is where Marvel gets super cosmic and fantastical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I was, you're yeah you, yeah Brian. I think I think this is connected because you're right. Iron Man changed a lot of how we interact with this 
Um, oh, yeah. Because that came out in 2008. I Thor and it. Captain America don't come out until 2011 with the Avengers debuting in 2012. It was 11. Okay. Yeah. But still, your point remains is that with all of the, with the Spider-Mans and yeah. with Iron Man and with the Batman Begins in the Dark Nights, there was a lot of this like, Everything has to have a reason. Everybody has to have an origin yep. story. So much so that after phase one, many <laughs> critics are like, can we stop with the fucking origin stories? <laughs> like, can we stop with yeah. the like, we're just sick of it. And even there are still remnants of that. I remember oh. when Ant-Man came out and that yes. is after Age of Ultron. Like, yeah. Ant-Man came out and they're like, oof, it's an origin story, but they did it in a good way. And now people are even starting to let them out of that like origin story stuff. And it becomes, yeah, it's people are becoming, it's, it's the trope, it's troping everything. Like everything has to have a reason and everything has to have its place. So you've made a fine point. And I think uh, this does look at this in the face and say, this is, this is more complex. Like it's what if those origin stories <laughs> were for deeply rooted reasons, like re reasons that are not just like somebody experienced a death of a parent. Like it's a, they have a right. genuine delusion, like, and maybe yes. that's all it has to be. And, and I think that that's an interesting this. discussion. You can't get past this without mentioning the boys. I just want to at least say, Oh, no, oh. That's, a, that's a fantastic. Yeah, bring that in. Because that is a darker, that is very much superhero genre flipped on its fucking head. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's dark, and Kick-Ass was dark, and Kick-Ass 2 was dark, and I mean... Yeah. Kick-Ass 2 was really dark. Yeah. So, yeah. I just wanted to mention it at least to let everybody know, listening know that, yes, that is also in the back of my head, too. And that's the whole point of The Watchmen, is Dr. Manhattan yes. is, yes. like, everybody worships him and sees him as a solution, and Warshock makes the point of, like, he doesn't give a fuck about you. No, like, right. it's all... He's one bad breakup away from ending the entire world... And that's a problem. And I would say super is very much in line with that of like, what if someone says my pipe bombs are for justice and justice right. is don't cut in line. Like that is, that's a, that's a fucking, well, that's a big point to make. You want to make these comparisons. I don't really feel like Frank uh, rain Wilson's character is that far away from Rorschach. Oh, and Watchmen. I yeah, mean, two are... characters who have this, intangible code that only they understand called by a higher power and they're the always the on code. the outside always being picked on in in some form or another yeah and uh just this kind of lone wolf mentality and how like <sighs> toxic that is also by the way like that's not good and i feel like this movie no. You know, it doesn't say it explicitly, and that's one of the reasons that I enjoyed the message. But you know, it the the me one of those messages being like this is not healthy and it's not good, <laughs> and people get yeah. hurt. And uh, yeah, it, like anyway, I can go. Real, I've already and, covered that. Uh, and previously. there are real issues on the other end of it. Like there are real right. issues. Like Liv Tyler's character, we haven't talked about her at all. She has zero agency in this movie. I, she is used as a as essentially as a lab rat I mean, to trust that to yeah. test out drugs. There's a whole um, again, this is a trigger warning for something in the movie. There's a whole sexual assault scene with her and oh my gosh, yeah, what, we didn't even get what to Kevin that. Bacon. Essentially, the guy that's buying the drugs from Kevin Bacon gets to take her upstairs and quote unquote show or something like it's 
this is this is not like yeah this is not like oh we're trying to stop the joker like this is like fucking <laughs> real shit that's going on um and brian to your point of like being close to rorschach the cinematographer on this worked on punisher Warzone that movie that came out that people that makes a lot of sense so a lot of this again i think rorschach punisher and crimson bolt all go to dinner together like warzone was dark as hell warzone aggressively it was almost over the top punisher violent like to prove yeah yeah i mean the 80s yeah yeah yeah, I remember. Well, that. and that fun fact about that movie, that is one of the first Marvel properties directed by a woman, too, by the way. Which Punisher there's Warzone? a great uh I the Punisher Warzone uh is yeah. I can't remember the uh the director's name at the moment. But one of the first Marvel properties to be directed by a woman in it, and ever and this is always the feedback, right? Like it's so dark, it's so great, and she knows her stuff. Like it 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 to me, it is a good Punisher story, mm-hmm. even though it is over the top in places. Directed um, by Lexi Alexander, a German yes. film, film director. Yes, and there's a really good interview. <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't remember where it is, but she talks about how she like this that aesthetic she excels in, and that was one of the first Marvel properties that had a had a female director uh so yeah. now it wasn't a part of the mcu at that point everything mm-hmm. this that and the other but mm-hmm. i definitely think I, I something to note uh yeah. i i i think i own that movie i i enjoyed it for what it was even though it wasn't perfect anyway <laughs> Liv tyler has like 10 minutes of screen time by the way in super not right. even barely a the... supporting character but is the number one motivation for the main character. So it, it blows and bottles my mind. You that could she even has... argue that she gets fridged. I mean, like she just oh, gets sh- drug fridged. If you're familiar with that concept. Yep. Give drug her character fridged. motivation. Whisk her away to drug dealers, you know? Right. Um, so there's that. Uh, I wonder you know if that. Go ahead. Last question while Doug looks up this thing. Uh, what do you think about this movie? What would you rate it? On a scale to, you know, is it worth the price of admission by judging it on a scale of red? Leave it at the red box, or bring it back in a movie theater. Anywhere in between. Either the streaming, take it off streaming. Here's what I'll say: Never watch it again. Watch it on accident. I think this is an. I think that if you are a James Gunn fan, yeah, I think that if you are. Someone who is a superhero, if so, if you like comic book movies, if you enjoy reading comics, especially if you're familiar with some of the questions that this movie is asking, which is what like to Brian and you've done a good job of, of phrasing it. So I'm going to borrow that is what it what if Batman was real? <laughs> like what what if he stepped out? What if he read somebody read the comic and said, like, oh, I should do that. Yes. Like if you've ever kind of like if you understand that question. This is a great movie for you to watch. That being said, you should be aware that there are some not so nice words that are that people decide. There are some choices word wise that people use. Um, there's some triggering stuff in here regarding sexual assault. So there's there's stuff in here to kind of be aware of if you're comfortable with that and you can handle it then yep you should absolutely watch this and it's a it's an interesting watch. Like I I don't regret watching it. I'm glad we watched it. I enjoyed the questions that it asked. Do I think those things are things to consider? 110%. Good. I like that. 
Yeah. I, honestly, I, I, I like how you put it, Doug. I think, you know, I think if you like James Gunn, definitely check it out. Yeah. I think that if, if you want to take another step into the superhero mythos and you want to mm-hmm. understand kind of the other side of this stuff, maybe some of this more grim, dark stuff of understanding the entire psyche of a superhero or an understanding what actually this looks like for mm-hmm. a person instead of just what's in the comic book movies, I would definitely point people towards it. And I would also say that it has a good message and it has good questions, but at times it is incredibly flawed um, in its delivery and the yeah. mechanisms that it chooses. And I'm, I'm talking about those dialogue choices and that's again, preventing mm-hmm. me from giving it a full throated recommendation. Like if you meet those two criteria and you're okay with those, like you're okay hearing those slurs, I think this could bring that you could discuss the message and the ideas that it, that it brings up, but uh, I wouldn't recommend it to general audiences. There's an, there's an excellent movie living in here somewhere. I think that there is an, I think that there's an excellent movie somewhere in here. And I think we see flashes of it. Like that whole exchange between Frank and Liv Tyler, when she's talking about her addiction and they're in, the like they're in the diner and she's talking about her experience and they're really connecting like that's a great moment i would say that scene with kevin bacon and frank where he's eating the eggs is a great very funny moment um but there are other pieces that take away from those moments so i think that there are like flashes of excellence in here that are somehow that they come and go so i think i think if this isn't a pet project and he's not like funding it himself because this movie cost, I think like, Ooh, shit. I want to say like, it cost a couple million dollars. Yeah. It cost a couple million dollars to make. I mean, it was done on a relative budget budget. And you can tell, cause if you look at the, if you can look at the good and plenty that, uh, (laughs) Michael Rooker's eating the, the sticker, there's a sticker on it. That's covering over the label, but that's a fucking good and plenty. I know my candy and that's a good and plenty. And I know it. Well, I, I want to make it full circle because I feel like there are some drawbacks to this movie, keeping it from like, like putting it into like a great movie status. And I feel like what James Gunn learned here, mm-hmm. you can see in yeah. Peacemaker. Oh, I feel 100%. like that's, that yep. is the the closing of the loop here of even the, like, even like the slurs and the more uh, the elements that we talked about that didn't really connect with us or that made us uncomfortable you can see how refined that gets within mm-hmm. Peacemaker and you can see why people like Peacemaker so much because if you're talking about insulting someone and not just using a generic slur, you look at Peacemaker where where John Cena is constantly made fun of being this like toxic, masculine, over-encumbered like jerk Meathead. and he actually addresses that. Like they actually dive into that why that's the case. Like that you have people here that like and in Peacemaker again, you have people that are white supremacists, but they're framed in a way that they are clearly the bad people. They are clearly the villain. Yeah. They are clearly not meant to be looked at in a good way. And there are consequences for that behavior as 100%. well. Um, that are very, very clear, I feel like in Peacemaker. Very um clear. absolutely and even even the violence to an extent 
is even commented on. So I guess what it feels like is like Peacemaker can sing such an eloquent, eloquent song because James Gunn figured out some of those stuff, some of those things in super, which has a good, again, has a good message, but is very flawed in its delivery. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well put Brian. Gentlemen, I think off of this discussion, I'd watch your movie, but I would not watch this movie. And I will not. <laughs> no, that is understandable. Uh, and, but I do appreciate the breakdown of this film. I think that uh, I enjoyed this conversation a lot, in all seriousness. Um, I think that you all bring up points that what I really, really enjoy from being a spectator of this episode is you stood by your morals when it came to this movie. Yep. And you know, you didn't say, hey, this stuff is in it, but I would still recommend you at least have to watch it once. You both stood by, hey, mm, I'm not really fucking with this in real life, so I don't fuck with this movie either. You know? <laughs> because I think a lot of podcasters or people who do what we do or people in general will compromise their morals to say, hey, you know, it's kind of worth it. And I feel like the more you inch, and this is just a life point, the more you inch to compromise in a moral inch by inch by inch, eventually you end up on the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like every baby step turns into an adult step, which turns into a step into the grave eventually. Very dark, but that's life. You know what I mean? It's and if you continue true. to compromise that, then, you know, who are you? And so what I appreciated as a spectator was you two as white fathers, you know, as movie people who enjoy movies in general, we literally watch every fucking thing. <laughs> um, Anything anything yeah. still stood by your morals and said hey although we love james gunn we love rain wilson for the things that he's done we also love kevin bacon and all this other shit still no and i appreciate yeah. it so for yeah. That, yeah. i mean i love the phrase my favorite phrase is if you can stand for something or you'll fall for everything like that's yeah. my favorite one of my favorite phrases in life so i appreciate that so yeah i also, that that was completely unexpected and and I, I appreciate you saying that and i think i'm also gonna i'm gonna turn this into a plug i mean that's one of the reasons if you're still if you're listening right now this is a great reason to contribute to our patreon because this is one of the things that if you're listening to a podcast that is financed by a bigger corporation we probably would have had lines just talking about how great certain things were even if we didn't fully agree with them and especially diving into some of the uh, elements in this that that did not work and that no. hold it back from being a fully good movie and diving into the nuances of saying, I like the message, but man, this delivery system is messed up and offensive and hurtful to people that mm -hmm. they're probably not going to enjoy it. So I can't recommend a movie. If you're on another podcast that's financed by, say, a larger corporation that has ties to other movie studios, we would probably be directing you to yes you have to watch this on what on this branded platform for four dollars to rent or whatever no we're not saying that uh we're not saying that whatsoever so uh anyway if you like this content and you want to see it continue make sure to contribute to our patreon 100 percent damn 100%. <laughs> and and brian that is a fantastic wait, transition I another, wait i had another question about the movie please uh, did it ever bring up this recipe no because these wings were not picture mentioned. Of chicken wings no, okay, sorry. All right, before we when we have you over, I like I'm just we're gonna have to make those wings, Marcus. It's gonna happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. My fat ass wants two batches. Um, so, um, 
<laughs> Here's the movie. For those of you that stuck around and listen, we appreciate you. We love you. Listen to Brian Roush. That guy's smart. Listen to Doug Wagner. That guy's smart as well. Listen, we are a podcast for the people. By the people. Okay? We are the fucking best. And because of that, I had a thought over the weekend while I was in LA. Okay. And I remember this movie growing up as a child. Okay. And it, it blew my mind at how scary this movie used to be to me. And I literally told myself, I want to rewatch this okay. with my friends. Okay. So, gentlemen, okay. next week, if the calendar permits it, all right, Doug, well, I'll okay. refer to you. All right. Uh, if the calendar permits it, I would like us to watch Mimic. This movie. Oh. Mimic. Has anybody ever heard of this movie? Oh, my gosh. I, I remember seeing somebody, a preview for that. Listen, the premise lightly. And this is just to bring people in. This is my hook. Okay. This movie is about the evolution of cockroaches that can mimic the human person. This was it's a I horror like, movie. I'm, you keep telling us about it because I feel like I'm getting this confused yeah. with a different movie that came I'm out not, around the same time. I'm not saying nothing else. Don't you Google a motherfucking thing. Next podcast, we are going to be talking about the movie Mimic. Okay. So come back. If we like it, we might get into Mimic 2. There's three Mimic movies. So if you like this and we, I want to start doing a series where we go back and either revisit something or watch something we haven't watched before, like Dark Man 2, Dark Man 3. You know, <laughs> if we want us to continue watching more Dark Man. these oh movies, gosh. you got to join our Patreon, vote on it, vote if you want us to continue the Mimic series, but we're going to kick it off with Mimic 1. All right. All so right. Guys, we'll watch Mimic. All right. I'm getting yeah. my host movies back to Doug. I'm back on the music. Okay. Well, I'm excited because that's uh, hey we the schedule permits. So next week, I'm saying it here now. We're watching Mimic. Um, yeah. and we're gonna dive into Mimic. Oh, it's which happening! Is be, which is gonna be really fun. <laughs> um, Brian, what do you have to plug this week, sir? Folks, fans of the podcast, uh, what I'm here to plug is thelovenerds.com. Make sure you head there for all of your lifestyle and cooking needs. Thank you, Brian. Also, check out Brian on TikTok. He's at Rogue Rouch. So there you go. That's um, me. Marcus, what do you have to plug this week, sir? Listen, I'm plugging every goddamn thing. Follow me on all my socials at Marcus J. Destin. Uh, follow me. More music is on the wave. Max is coming out next month. Okay, Max, the album is coming out next month. We're going to have an album release party here in Vermilion. You heard it here first. Um, we will. I'm going crazy, okay? I'm trying to do every goddamn thing in the book, okay? So follow Marcus J. Destin. Also, don't forget to get your Noah merch. Um, go to the link in my bio. Go to underscore underscore the mantra, all right? The link is also in the bio there. Go there. Buy yourself something nice. We're going to have some new designs here on the way. We're going to have a Saturday morning cartoon run um, for designs for the Noah stuff. So Ooh, really, really fun. That? Make sure you are following that. But above anything else, make sure you follow the mantra. Never forget, always humble. And support the Patreon. Support the podcast. Share it with fantastic and that's what i had was to uh, join the patty family head over to patreon.com slash films in black and white also marcus and i are going to be stretching our uh movie reviewer legs and working for the fools 48 which is a uh like a short film a 48 hour film contest that people do here in the south dakota area so uh we're gonna be finalists judging the final submissions for that um on april 11th so if you live in vermilion check those out support your local theater um but gentlemen we have a three-step process to success uh brian what's our first step hello everybody the first step to success is read 
a book. If you liked the analysis that we gave to this movie in this podcast, not essentially saying it was terrible, but not saying it was great and giving you the vocabulary to parse all that out, read a book. Just it's got a lot of new words. Maybe you look some up either way. When you read a book, it gives you those tools to cut through all those things that you see in your day to day life and gives you better expressions to talk about what you're feeling and what you're seeing. Fantastic. I couldn't have said it better myself. The second step is to drink some water. Please. Look, it is springtime. Oh. You're going to get outside. You're going to enjoy the day. Don't let yourself get a headache. Drink some water. Make sure you stay hydrated because at the end of the day, if you take your body, take care of your body, your body will take care of you. It's true. Um, Marcus, bring us on home with your third with our third step. Before I do that, I want to give a special, special shout out, okay? I want to give a super special shout out to Abby from uh, CrossFit Bayo or Bayo Fitness. What is it, Doug? Bayo Strength and Fitness. Bayo Strength and Fitness. She now owns that company. That's I saw true. the post, and I want you to know that we are super duper proud of you here at the podcast. You run that fucking shit like we know you can. It's going to be great. So I want to say congratulations to Miss Abby um, and blessings on your future endeavors. Um, the last step of the podcast, if I told you once, I told you twice, motherfuckers, you got to wash your ass. All right. You got to wash your ass. This is relevant to now and the future, because if your past self ain't wash your ass, your future self gonna stink. And if your future self don't wash your ass, that's a time conundrum. OK, I'm pretty sure it works out. Brian reads books. I don't. I do read books. I'm just kidding. All right. Listen, <laughs> make sure you wash your ass. <laughs> Get a fresh towel. If you ain't got fresh towels, go throw all your old shit away. You've had those for four years. Go to Walmart, go to Target, Target, yeah, whatever. You need new stuff. You got to get a new. But no, seriously, though. Like, I go to people's houses when I stay the night, and their towels be fucking terrible. I, can, I just, can I just add, like, as a young bachelor, like, in my early 20s, yep. I didn't understand that my, my towels were rank. Like, I yeah. needed new towels, yes. and nobody told Even me, go buy new towels. Them. If you're like, yeah. I don't know the last time I bought towels, that's you. Go Go get new towels. I know it's an expense. I know you can't buy an adult beverage yeah. or a beer or you can't. Yeah. I don't know. I get it. But like, trust me, just get the <laughs> towels because it's what it's like one of the first things people it's see important. when they stay and they're going to know if they're yeah. rank. I wish someone would have told me. So that's me telling you all. There I you love go. The, the first time Brian has ever hopped in on the wash your ass. It's true. He has. He well, won't I'm say it. Talking about towels here. It. All right. Yeah. I'm just talking about towels. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that young he, lady who's washing your face, her face, who's staying the night, washing her face with your towels at night, like, bro, or or whatever, whatever significant other person is staying over the house, they are touching your face and they smell that even when you wash it. Seriously, yeah. go get a new towel, wash your ass, man. And I will say this, you I'm know, you make. have the one in that significant other if they say something to you, because or that means they the want towel, to be there. Yep. If you just pop up and they just bought the towels for you. Oh, yeah, like a little ribbon on them. Oh man, get, get yeah. a ring on that immediately. Listen, yeah, lock that shit. Lock that shit down. I, mean, I don't know how down right now. Yeah, right, I, I don't know how to be clear. That's sorry. Amazing. I apologize for my heterosexual immediate tendencies of marriage and pregnancy and everything. Love who you love. 
Brian was going to say something, but then he didn't. And it's the best part. Gentlemen, this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back next week to watch Mimic, which we're all very excited for. Um, so in the meantime, and in the between time, stay safe, stay healthy. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. And we'll catch y'all next week.